Hi, this is Sally Kirkman. Um, I'm here with Christina Rodenbeck and once more we are going to talk to you about the month ahead and what's happening in the astrology. Um, and this is Capricorn month. So I have come to Oxford, which is a Capricorn city, and I did a little bit of um, a classical tour. First thing, went to the Ashmolean and soaked in that lovely history, uh, which is all part of Capricorn, isn't it? The history and the tradition. So it seems to be um, a nice setting for our talk mm. to you today. Yes, it's an old city of stone, Capricorn. I love it at this time of year in Oxford because I, especially in the dark nights, dark evenings with the lights on the cobblestones, etc. I always think that you might see Herman the Hunter coming around a corner of one of the stone buildings. Mm. Um, in fact, we were just talking about this time of year. We'll come back to that, won't we? Because we should really do some retrodiction first. Mm. How was uh, the month? If the, what was end of November, beginning of December for you? Um, I mean, it's been it's been quite a good month. I think. Um... I'm tired. We're getting to the end of a year and I'm tired and winding down a bit. Um, also, one of the big things for me was uh, Mercury turning direct in Scorpio. And when Mercury turned direct, a lot of things like kind of secrets came out, hidden information came out. Not particularly good, actually, for me. It was I found out my car had a lot wrong with it um, and just stuff didn't work out. There was things going wrong, actually. Um which is very different from me. Mercury turning direct, I often think, is positive stuff coming. But it was interesting in Scorpio. It was like really dredging up. It was dark stuff coming out, difficult stuff, things I didn't want, actually. Mm. Well, I had slightly different... Uh, Mercury, Mercury turning direct was important for me, too, but in a different way. And it just did a classic thing because it was in my third house of communications. And Mercury turned direct... Rather, during the very end of the Mercury retrograde, I found that I had a huge amount of emails that had gone, that hadn't come to me um, for months, actually. And actually, that was a re that's a really good example of how Mercury retrograde and then when it turns direct can be really good because you find the stuff that was hidden, mm -hmm. finding lost things. Mm. And I literally found lost things. Mm. Um, but we're moving out of that Sagittarian season aren't we the jupiter and sagittarius and we're now moving into we discussed jupiter and sagittarius last month jupiter's still in sagittarius obviously yeah do have a listen if you haven't already it's a jupiter special last month yeah is your ebook ready yet oh it is as well as we're at the end of one year we've got the new year coming up um i write every year um horoscopes annual horoscopes in an ebook that i sell from my website and it gives you horoscopes for each of the star signs plus all the key astrology dates of what's going on so please do take a look at that um that's on sale now yay um and so capricorn month begins on the solstice mm -hmm. doesn't it and what do we think of capricorns one of the earth signs, isn't it, Capricorn? And it's and I think this for me is one of the interesting star signs because I think, you know, quite often you think of the Capricorn, you know, with a briefcase, sort of power dressing, going to work, being high achieving. Um, and there's this real sense of almost being a workaholic sometimes that comes with Capricorn. 
Um, and both Christine and I were talking earlier about how this is this is kind of one of these signs that there's a myth around it. Yeah, you might get Capricorns like that, but actually there's something deeper, isn't there, and much richer and more potential mm. to the sign. It's a this um, it's more complex in a way. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to remember that the symbol for the sign is the goat thing with the serpenty tail or fishy tail. So it's a very strange mythical creature that it's symbolized by. And there aren't that many signs symbolized by mythical creatures. You know, there's the centaur for Sagittarius, mm. uh, and there's Capricorn. Mm. And what does that mean? That means that we're already in a kind of, that you, there's potential for, there's spiritual potential of Capricorn. But at the same time, he's trying to climb the mountain. And that is a pull in two completely opposite directions. Mm. So for Capricorns, it's how do you resolve those two directions, the spiritual and the material. Mm. Um, and you do see people who I, I think they're, I think there are some really interesting examples of that. Um, for example, there's someone like Martin Luther King who achieved very high recognition and incredible power. And who was, but who was also a spiritual leader. And spiritual leadership is quite a Capricorn thing. Mm. Um, the other person I think of is Michelle Obama, who, of course, among other things that she represents, is kind of classiness, which is a Capricorn quality. Oh, yeah, very much so. Class, I think. And, yeah. I mean, one of the actors who I love and who, for me, is very typical Capricorn is Denzel Washington. I just love him. There's something about him that seems very respectful and is respected as well. And I think that's a real um, key trait of the of the Capricorn archetype. Mm. Um, there's a dignity about Capricorn very often. Um, and also Capricorn, I mean, the other Capricorn that I always talk about is David Bowie. Mm. Because, of course, he went through this terrible period. Not terrible period. He went through a period where he nearly killed himself with a lot of drugs in the 70s. Um, and if you see pictures of him from then, he's like a sort of skeletal figure. Um, but then he came out of that and was incredibly creative as he came out of that and became this very respected figure. Um, so there is something also about having to completely lose... Uh, part of your character lose something in order to become greater mm. and I was thinking that about Michelle Obama as well mm -hmm. is that she had to give up her career mm. her own career and she had to lose that mm. and subsume herself in this role of first lady whereas of course she's a total high achiever in her own right yeah yeah that's interesting I suppose it has a lot to do with the ruling planet doesn't it Saturn yeah I mean Saturn is Capricorn's planet which you know if you have sat strong Saturn, it is you often go through hardship or you go through difficulty or you hit obstacles. You know, you can't have things with Saturn. You learn what you can't have. And there's also a kind of humility that has to come mm -hmm. with any. And this is true also if you have things like a sun Saturn conjunction. Mm. But there's a humility that you have to learn with Capricorn. And then you can take the leadership role. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Michelle is a really good example of that. And I think that's the key of Capricorn leaders is that there's, there isn't a sense of arrogance about it. It is humility. It comes from a place that 
creates very different leaders and people. Yeah, like Martin, doesn't Martin Luther King is yeah. a great example of that because he, yeah. I mean, we know he wasn't perfect, but there was a humility about mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. um, and the same with Bowie. Everybody says he was a really nice person in person. Yeah. Um, which means that I'm completely lost about where where are we now? Oh my God, it's the solstice. It's the solstice, Hooray. which is yeah one of the key markers of the year. And of course, we're talking to you from um, Oxford. So for us, it's Northern Hemisphere. And this is the dark time. It's the shortest day. It's all a bit cold and and quite grim, actually. <laughs> it's quite grim out there today. And, you know, it's the time, time of year, really, when if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you want to hibernate and you just want to snuggle down with a book and a cup of tea and... Yeah. Um, and hide away and wait for the light to return. I mean, there's that very much that theme, I think, when, and, and even if, if you're further north, I mean, you don't have light at all, do you? Yeah, you might as well just get into bed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wait for the spring. Yeah. I think it's a magical time of year. It's mm. about the deep magic, the mm. winter magic. Mm. And um, I will be reading The Dark is Rising again and The Box of Delights, which are my favourite winter children's books to read mm. about the magic mm. but the solstice and about the solstice because the solstice here is the shortest day and uh and some of our you know uh monuments like i'm not sure it's not stonehenge but uh what's that one up in orkney where the light the sunlight only comes in on this day Anyway, it's a special day in the north, but this year it's especially special because there is a full moon on the solstice, which means that the sun is exactly opposite to the moon. Mm. So we have a moon, a full moon in Cancer, mm. the sign of tribe and home mm. and family, mm. um, which seems very appropriate yeah. for this wintry time when we're cocooning, really. Yeah, and heading to the holiday season as well, isn't it? When you know a lot of people return to return home or return mm. to their family, um, and that sense of tradition is very strong as well. Mm. Well, and it also reminds us those of us who don't have families. Yeah, um, that you know of how we may create our, as my sister calls it, our alternafam. Alternafam, yeah. <laughs> the you know the family that you have instead of your family. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, uh, so Cancerians, you know, that we're opening this season, the sun is in your opposite sign. Um, so the, there's, you know, you're not in a position of power. You may be feeling very emotional, I would say, with Cancerians, especially at this full moon, mm. but it's at zero degrees, so it's the beginning of something, mm. even though it's a full moon. Yeah, which we usually think of as a time of fruition, a time of ripening. There's something, because it's at zero degrees, it means that it's a, a ripening, yet it's a beginning. Mm. Um, so it's like picking the apples and then make, but you haven't made the apple pie yet. Um, and just uh, on a note about that zero degrees, is that the full moons are at zero degrees at the moment until I think March. The last one in March, yeah. So they're all at zero degrees. So this is beginnings, sort mm. of, or complete fruition. Which really is like an ending and a beginning, isn't it? Because mm. the full moon completes the lunar cycle. 
think mm. it can be a time of culmination. You know, when it's always, I think, the full moon's a good time for making decisions. You see things more clearly at the light of the moon. So something comes to fruition and then you move on with it being zero degrees. Yeah. Um, so quite a powerful full moon as well for Capricorn as well. Yeah. And and Aries. And Libra. And Libra. You all know, the all of these signs. cardinal signs. This is a major full moon. Yeah. It's either about relationships or about, I mean, you know, as it comes, it's the last full moon of the year. You're probably thinking ahead, um, thinking about the big things in life, you know, what you want to do career vocation wise mm. um and that in particular i think that is a theme for aries um libra as well it's around family very much around home and family for libra um you know may, there may be some difficulty around that area for libras as well actually because there's quite the planets are gathering in mm. capricorn we have some you know some big planets moving through capricorn so there might be difficulties there might be a sense of loss what you're what you don't have in your life anymore, what you're letting go of. Um, so I think for the cardinal signs, it could be a reflective, really reflective full moon and the start mm. of it's a Capricorn big month season. For the cardinal signs, because yeah. you've got this gathering of power on an important angle in your chart, because you, all of you will have, you know, the Sun, Saturn, Pluto, uh, the nodes are all the south node are all in capricorn and this is really quite i think that this is the beginning of a really quite an important year um of the last decade essentially of pluto and capricorn we now get to the point where the nodes are also in capricorn mm -hmm. um or back to this nine years later um and the nodes are often where it's where, it's where you find real change, isn't it? Yep, the change is happening. The change. So all of these things that have been brewing, now the switch happens. The change occurs. Mm. Um, so when was the last time they were in Capricorn? It, was, it would be nine years ago, wouldn't it? The other way around. It would have been flipped. So it would have been just after the uh, crash, you know. Uh, the would it would it was it two thousand and ten? I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I would say two thousand and nine, ten. I can check in a minute. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a, that's an interesting theme to look back on. Mm -hmm. um, so this, I mean, the, this full moon is a good time for making decisions, wouldn't you think? Looking at what you don't yeah. want to take into two thousand nineteen, what you want to let go of, and also you know where where you want to commit to something. Um, what you want to work towards as well yeah it feels like a powerful time to be making you know taking time out to reflect and make those big decisions moving forwards yeah um the astrology over christmas and new year isn't extraordinary i mean no. it's quite a quiet time actually can just, astrologically can I, can I just say what is extraordinary about it is that it's not extraordinary at all there's nothing yeah. happening zilcho i mean very little um, so just fact, enjoy yourselves. Have just some relax. fun, unwind, relax. I mean, there's very, really very little happening. Even I mean, there's a fiery start to the new year, but even so, everything is moving forward. It's all, all moving in the same direction. Um, you know that it. There's none of the dramatic, um, the drama that we've been having over the past years mm. and over. You know. Um, every single Christmas <laughs> for years has been dramatic. 
Mm. You know, and this one actually is much less stressful, I think. Mm. Um, thank God. Mm. Yeah. And then it takes us through, doesn't it, to the start of a new year, which is always the promise of a new year. I mean, I love the end of one year and the beginning of a new year. Um, and one thing that is quite remarkable, I think, is that on January the 1st, the first day of the new year, you have Mars, action planet Mars, moving into Aries, its sign of rulership, the first sign of the zodiac on the first day of the new year. Yeah. And that really is suddenly it's whoosh yeah. and we're off. Yeah. So I think actually do your relaxing, your unwinding, you know, letting go really from the solstice to the end of December, get ready to fire up the cylinders, take action, get things moving straight away on the 1st of Jan, actually. Definitely. But I would add a caveat to that, which is unless you're Pisces, in which case you've already got Mars in your sign now. Okay, fair enough. Boom. Yeah. So you're going the whole way along, you know, yeah. from, from, you know, you've been, probably December has been really busy for you. Mm. Um, and, and that's unlikely to stop, is it? It's unlikely to stop. So even when, you know, uh, Mars moves into Aries, then that's even more fiery. But for, for Pisces, you've already got the rocket mm. underneath you, you know. Um, and that kind of applies to the other water signs as well, I would say, that Mars and Pisces of the last, you know, over the Christmas period gives you a huge amount of energy. So mm. you may be the other person in the kitchen mm. doing the stuff. Yeah, and Venus is in Scorpio as well, isn't it, until yeah. into January as well. So there is quite a watery vibe over the which is nice. The holiday season. It's emotional. Yeah. Um, does mean that you know Scorpio may be the person doing the cooking, I guess. And uh, well, I know actually Scorpio may be the person traveling around to come to your house. Um, That's what I'm doing. Is it? Of course you are. Yeah. Scorpio is the one who's those Scorpios may be hitting the road. If you see what I mean. But it'll be fun. It'll be fine. You yeah. know. Um, cancers will be the ones doing the cooking as usual um, but then when Mars, then when we get to January uh, not only does Mars go into Aries which it loves um, Uranus goes direct isn't it on the, what Uranus turns direct on January the 6th and then Right at the end of Aries, because it's just mm -hmm. nipped back into it, Uranus being the planet of change. Um, it was in Aries for seven years. Um, so Mars is in Aries, and Uranus turns direct January the 6th, so there's this real whoosh of energy. And there, mid-February, they will come together. Mm. Um, but that's that's really for a later podcast. Um, but yeah, there's a real sense of picking up speed at the beginning of January, which is for Aries, you're off the block straight mm. away. I mean, this is personal goals, it's personal aims, it might be about how you want to come across, how you're seen, um, and it's it's courageous too. I mean, I love Mars and Aries. I think there's a courageous quality. Uh, it's the hero, you know, you're, you're off on a, a quest in a way with Mars and Aries. Um, mind you, if you're a Libra, that might mean you have a very argumentative partner who suddenly, you know, wants to bite your head off. Just, well, just teasing. No, I'm actually not just teasing, but I'm just saying that basically that fiery, excitable energy goes into your partnership angle. Yeah. Um, or you meet someone who just sweeps you off your feet. That's, that's true. Possibility. Could well. be quite sexy. Could be sexy. Um, 
Yeah, but actually also for Sagittarians and Leos, this is really important. This Because what happens for Leos is that you start to create a grand trine going on between Jupiter, Mars, and yourself, so to speak. Um, so you can be, it's lucky. Yeah. I think that this is a very lucky set of aspects for Leo. So one thing I would say to my Leo friends is rest a lot in December because you're going to be really busy in January. Yeah, and it's um it's in the travel and study sector as well, isn't yeah. it? So it's kind of, you know, it's the, you, you straight into 2009 with the big plans in a way, yeah. the big vision. Um, and actually for you, January would be a great month to, to start the year by going away, doing something yeah. different, you know, expanding your knowledge, uh, seeing the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, having just feeling brave enough to experiment with some of your more crazy ideas, I think. Um, so, and the other thing actually about Uranus going direct, speaking of that kind of, I was just thinking about Leo, the Leo Aquarius axis you know, mm -hmm. is that your Aquarians had a weird year last year, <laughs> which might have been quite difficult at points with Mars, you know, um, in their sign for so long and retrograde that you may have had an interesting but bumpy year. Um, I think that Uranus going direct plus Mars moving into um, Aries is also going to give Aquarians a little bit of a boost. You know, you're going to be feel more liberated, more able to move because there may have been a kind of feeling of stuckness. Mm. So, you know, leave the job or leave, the, you know, leave things behind if you want to for an Aquarian. This month is good for January. Yeah, and I think it's a sense of the new as well for Aquarius. Um, it's all things new, you know, bring something fresh and ripe and and new into your life, whether that's, you know, putting yourself in a situation where you can make new friends, where you can learn something new, um, where you can study something. I mean, it's very much just this theme of the new, sort of almost close the door on the year that's gone and, and start afresh in some way. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you, and you're kind of an excitement, but get excited. What, what you know, what's stirring? Get excited about what next. Um so what else do we want to talk about? We probably want to have a look at the, uh, the eclipses. The eclipse. Yeah, this okay. um, we're moving into eclipse month in January, and we're in a new eclipse cycle now that cuts across the Cancer Capricorn axis of the zodiac. The first eclipse took place in July 2018, um, and then we have an eclipse this month, which takes place on January the sixth which is the same day that Uranus turns direct. So this mm. is quite I think it's quite crazy, a worrying crazy eclipse, energy. I'll be frank with you. Um, you know, uh, we can give it a positive spin, but they, um, what you would say is that this eclipse is besieged, okay? Um, which means that there's the, the sun and the moon are together, of course, because it's a new moon. So it's um, this... Uh, solar eclipse but Saturn is on one side of that new moon and Pluto's on the other so there's these two very dark hard planets on either side of this uh, new moon um, on the 6th of January so you know I mean we could all be 
and the other thing that's happening is that there's a, a, a square, which is a hard aspect between Mercury and Mars. Um, Mars being in Aries, which as Sally says is great, but also it's completely, uh, slightly out of control Mars, I would say, very fiery, you know, it's in its own sign, it's a powerful Mars, um, and being sparked off by that Mercury. So I would think that, uh, what, how, you know, what would you say, Sally? I don't think that looks like a very nice eclipse. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's this real positive fire sign astrology. Hmm. I mean, Jupiter's still in Sagittarius, the big planet. Mars in Aries. So there's this real kind of firing forwards. But then also we have this quite heavy um, astrology in Capricorn. And there's a sun... Saturn conjunction also at the beginning of the year so there's something that does feel heavy maybe that's why you know you need the fire sign energy to shoot forward maybe this eclipse also is very much I mean eclipses have a theme of endings and beginnings they bring what's hidden to light and they often can coincide with dramatic events or turnarounds so I mean the kind of you know, the general theme for me of this is is what's getting left behind, what's not working out. You know, maybe what's gone wrong or that kind ending. of vibe. Yeah, it's this... a real ending. And therefore, because of this, what is that, you know, making you, it's almost like sort of firing something off from it. If I were saying, you know, what's ending, it looks very much, you know, on a kind of macro mythological blah, blah level. It's about the daddy to me. There is a feeling about uh, dads, fathers, your relationship with your father. This is very, speaking extremely broadly, um, particularly true, of course, of like the Aries in our lives, but other er, everyone, you know, on a, it's the end of governments. Um, there may be, you know, a changing of government there, you know, there are various ways I can see this playing out on the world stage. Mm -hmm. That there would be um, the end of a certain group in power, uh, or the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is a, this is the beginning also of the really kicking in of the nodes having moved from Aquarius Leo into Cancer Capricorn. Now we're beginning to start to see really real results of this, mm. and that the axis. So the nodes of the moon show you where the eclipses will be in a given year, and they change signs every eighteen months. Um, and they've been in Aquarius and Leo, which is you know it's been about the, the, the I guess the, the I want to say the people versus the bling, but against the special the special versus the the ordinary in a way, to just be very broad about it. But when you get those nodes moving into Capricorn Cancer, this is about power and family, I suppose, or government and the personal. It's a very, uh, government and the family, not the personal, like me, me and you. It's not about the I. These are quite collective. Mm. It's about the changing of structures, in a way, yeah. isn't it? It's about the changing of history tradition yeah. foundations 
I would say that there's something's going to happen. Um, no, I mean, I'm not going to say on the eclipse, but, you know, this eclipse energy is about the end. And I want to say the word patriarchy. I'm not saying it's the end of the patriarchy. That would be completely glib and foolishly simplistic thing to say. But there is something in here about that. Um, and the, I'm interested also that the eclipse itself is, as we say, besieged. You know? mm -hmm. I, I, I think it could be, you know, and because Jupiter is in Sagittarius at the same time, there is an optimistic feel to this as well. It's not well, entirely, I'm sounding kind of dramatic and gloomy. Yeah, and I want to throw something else in here because yeah. I'm, you know, for me, um, and, and see what you think, Christina, mm. but particularly made for the Earth signs, Taurus, I'm thinking of Taurus and Virgo. Yeah. With this combination, I mean, does it mean that you actually don't give up? That there's something that you could really, if you really, really want something enough, this is a time to really push through. Yeah. Keep going. Be relentless. Refuse to sort of be beaten or bowed down in a way. Um, you know, and I'm thinking more kind of, for Taurus, this would be about, you know, it may be your qualifications you're trying to gain, making this very practical in the world or um, you know, some sort of big dream you've got to live somewhere else to emigrate, something along those lines. For Virgo, very much more about creative self-expression, something you want to produce, give birth to, bring into the world. Mm. It's I think hard as well. This is something that's difficult. Yeah. You know, my daughter, the Taurus, is going to be having her some exams at this point. And this is exactly what this looks like. Okay. Really tough yeah. exams mm. that you're worried about, but you're going to do great because you're going to push through having having done the work in advance. And this is the thing about Saturn: is have you done the work? Have you put the effort in? And you know, it's not too late. Put a little bit more effort in. But I agree with you. It is about pushing through. Yeah. Um, I think it depends, doesn't it, on where this falls in your chart yeah. what, and whether it's relevant to you. It's going to be easier for some of the star signs than others. In a way. Uh, well, and we can say it'll be easier for Taurus and Virgo. Mm. You yeah. know, uh, this is actually could be quite good. And mm. frankly, it could be good for Capricorn as well. Mm. Um, the I think that it might be more difficult for Cancer, for example. Um, and it might be quite good also for, you know, Pisces and Scorpio. I would suggest, even though this is quite tough um, energy in this in this um, e eclipse, it is about perseverance. You know, the, the I Ching thing is a perseverance furthers. Mm -hmm. That's what this is about. Mm -hmm. But it's not like, bloody da isn't it easy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for the water signs, it's very much connected to your relationships. Mm. Um, who's got the power, who's got the control. Um, that that is the key feature for the for the three water signs: Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, um, and getting the balance of power right. Mm. Um, how are we doing on time? Do we want to talk about the other big oh. planetary aspect? Well, we're talking about well, you know, the Jupiter and Neptune. I think. Yeah. Um, which just takes quickly. place on the thirteenth of January. Which, although it takes place on the thirteenth of, oh, that is my. There's calling in my house. Um, so, yeah, Jupiter, that was my darling partner, calling my beloved daughter just to entertain you and show you that we are actually in a real home at the moment. 
with real background noise and background people who participate in this podcast by feeding, cooking us lunch and helping us, you know, helping us out in that way, nourishing us. Anyway, lest I get too distracted, that was actually perfect timing because we're talking about Jupiter-Neptune, which in making a square to each other. Uh, Jupiter is in Sagittarius, Neptune is in Pisces. Neptune is very, very strong. Jupiter is very, very strong since they're both in their own signs. Mm -hmm. And you would think this is a clashing energy. But I think that because both of these signs are actually ruled by Jupiter, they can get along in a better than you'd, you'd expect. Yeah. Um, and it's an energy that is dynamic and powerful. So for both Pisces and Sagittarius, this, this can be quite energizing. Also for Gemini um, the, and Virgo, but particularly Gemini, because Geminis, you've got Jupiter in your opposite sign. This is about meeting interesting people, widening your circle of friends, and possibly meeting some really... Um, you know, meeting strange people. It's also, um, could be this square, really good for your career, Gemini. So you should be having crazier ideas, putting yourself in for fellowships, trying to win prizes, you know, and also for Gemini in particular, this is about finding the right partnership to further your career. Mm. And that mm. can, and it just can dynamic and push you forward mm. um yeah there's a, a vibe with this for me about the jupiter neptune i mean it's very much about imagination it's the boundless it's the fantasy um, it's where dreams lie in mm -hmm. a way isn't it there is you know the flip side of this and again i mean we have a pisces here waxing lyrical about this jupiter neptune <laughs> I love square it. For me, it's like, oh, my Lord, where's my structure? Where's my order? How do I know what's happening when? I mean, there is a the danger you could just lose yourself and end up in kind of cloud cuckoo land or lost with the fairies, away with the fairies. This, for me, there's a bit that vibe. So, you know, have something that anchors you. Have something that pulls you back down to earth. Find a way to turn those dreams into reality. Don't just let everything wander up into the ether. That's my fear with the Jupiter-Neptune. Well, your other fear could be fake news. Fake that's going to be a huge well. one. That's that's going to be a big theme. And yeah. this this is one of the main themes for 2019 because this planetary aspect takes place twice more yeah. in June and September, I think, as well. So it's uh, it's a big deal. It basically oversh not overshadowed. It, it dominates. It's one of the most important aspects of the year. Mm. Okay, um, and this is the first time it hits. So see what it feels like. Yeah. And I personally, I think for mutable signs. Gemini, Pisces, Sagittarius, Virgo, I'm excited. Yeah. I think this is great. Yeah. I think it could really give you a kind of whoosh. The other sign that I think is quite, uh, that this can be quite interesting for, well, there are a couple of other signs actually, but I, I quite like those guys who are over on the other side, kind of Leo, actually Leo in particular, who get that get vibes from both sides um uh leo and cancer yeah now i'm just sort of trying to look at that those ones on the sort of 
in be the ones in between Virgo and um, Gemini, basically Leo and Cancer, okay. also get a kind of whoosh of this push of energy. I think mm -hmm. if you can, and it's about using your imagination and about also breaking boundaries, being fearless, and not feeling confined by all the rules that are restricting you. I which, mean, which taps into the rest of the month's astrology, doesn't it? It's yeah. this bar sign, courageous, I'm doing things my way. Very different from all that's going on Yeah, in Capricorn, which is... So there's a conflict. Trying to play by the rules. But, that, but there is a lot of... I mean, I would say that there is a bit of conflict this month because of that fiery energy, that Aries energy, is just so different from the Capricorn, mm. that heavy Capricorn energy which is uh focuses around the that eclipse on january the 6th yeah and perhaps that's what needed perhaps that's what you need you need you know individuals to stand up and do it their way and not be bound down or held back repressed yeah i'll be Break interested out. i'll be interested to see about you know the fake news thing what happens with that this year mm. um whether you know whether it just breaks out of bounds and therefore has to be restricted by the Saturn. Maybe it goes too crazy. It goes completely crazy so that nobody pays top. attention to no, it at no. all. No I mean, I think it. we're no there. One believes it. I think we're pretty much there already, aren't we? Mm. You know, um, because one of the things about, you know, when you have these really um, big planets involved is that as soon as Jupiter went into Sagittarius, really, it was making a very, very, very wide square to that Neptune. So we were already in that uh that was the beginning of november mm. um so the whole time that jupiter's in sagittarius there is basically there's a, these two powerful planets in their own signs are powerfully kind of at odds mm. it's exciting mm. i like it <laughs> good well we'll see how it plays out and report back next month yeah yeah if you're a writer of fiction please would you get to work Absolutely. Use that imagination in the month ahead. Yeah. Great. We'll have a lovely solstice and festive season, however you celebrate. And we look forward to speaking to you in 2019. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.